What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sunday Sports Club podcast, a podcast all about sports told by a woman. Hello, that is me, Allison Cooch. My husband is Isaac Rochelle, and he is in his seventh season in the NFL. And I can officially say he is in the seventh season because he has played in three games or at least been active for three games, which the three game mark is when you are guaranteed another year of pension. It goes towards your retirement. And nobody can take away year seven from him. So that's a great mark to be at. We are going into the fourth episode and the fourth week of the NFL season. If you are a Swifty, you have came to the right place to learn about football, okay? I am here to break it down for you, try and make football interesting, give you the ins, the outs, and try and take out all the boring mumbo jumbo because I feel like football at its core is actually super juicy. And once you know more rules and some of the things that are happening in the NFL, I think it can be a super juicy, juicy thing to watch. And hopefully you won't get bored as fuck watching it with your boyfriend or your husband, your dad, your brother. It can be interesting. So you've came to the right place. Sunday Sports Club podcast. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, be sure to head over there. I put up graphics to help you guys better understand the games. I upload game day outfit inspo. And I break some of these clips that I film in this podcast down on there to make it more digestible because sometimes you might be in your car listening to this right now and be like, holy shit, this is a lot of fucking information. Like, how am I going to remember all of this? How am I going to apply all of this? Head over to the Instagram and that's where it can be a little bit more digestible. But welcome back. It is officially the fourth episode of this podcast and I'm so excited to have you guys here. I actually love football and it pisses me me off that guys think that this is for them. Like this is not for boys. This is for girls actually, because football is juicy. Boys think it's all for them because there's tackling and big grown men. It's like, yeah, like Travis Kelsey, like that's for the girls. Like Taylor Swift literally declared it for the girls. So um, I'm so excited that you guys are here. And I love this little community that we have going on. I'm hoping it grows because I selfishly want more women to be interested in football. I actually came across a TikTok the other day and a girl and her boyfriend were doing a little Q&A and she asked her boyfriend like, oh, what is an ick of yours? And he said an ick of his is when a girl tries to explain football to him. Bruh, just because you have a penis doesn't mean you automatically know more about sports, okay? So I'm hoping some of you listening to this podcast can show up on game day, show up to a tailgate or a watch party and be like, sit the fuck down. Let me teach you a little bit about football. To give you a rundown of how these episodes work, because we're still working through this new audience, these kinks and whatnot. Uh, Obviously, I do my little intro, and then I'm going to go into some current events, which will hopefully bring you guys up to speed on important things happening in the NFL. And the reason I do this is because it's something that can be a hot topic. And if you're looking to talk about football to somebody, it's something that you can bring up to them and they're like, holy shit, how does... How does this person know this? And I almost just said girl, but boys can listen to this podcast too. You just can't be sexist. So if you think girls aren't superior, it's like, yeah, I'm literally like the toxic like feminism where it's like girls are superior. No, it's fine. Um, Men and women are both allowed to listen to this podcast. But so I'll bring you guys into some relevant topics happening. You can bring it up to people. It's just like what's going on in the NFL. And then I jump into position of the week and I will pick 
a certain position on a football team and we can dive into it to make it a little bit more digestible. And so you guys can like keep an eye out for a player like that while watching the game. And then I'll jump into some rules and interesting things that I find about the NFL that you guys might be wondering. And even if you're not wondering, maybe you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. And if not, then I'm not doing my job right. So (laughs) with that being said, we're going to jump into um, what's happening today in the NFL. And it's actually kind of quiet right now, which is a good thing. Um, I'll kind of talk about what's happening in me and my husband's life because I don't know. I'm self-absorbed or something, Um, but I'll talk a little bit about me and Isaac because some of you have asked me to do that, and then I'll jump into kind of the NFL in general. So Isaac just played in his fourth football game this year, and last week he signed to the 53-man roster, and with him signing, we are able to actually kind of like become more relaxed in our lifestyle here in Vegas, whereas in while he was on practice squad, It's kind of like living week to week and unsure because your husband can get a call at any point, at any time of day to any team and have to just up and move. And for me, that was super stressful because being pregnant, I'm like, okay, I need to find a doctor. I need to like have a plan. I want to start nesting. Like we're currently in this beautiful furnished home here in Vegas, but it doesn't really feel like mine. So I was looking to like make it more mine and like buy a few things and make it kind of cozy for me for the time being. And I couldn't really do that with the chance that my husband would have to move to another team. So him signing to the 53 man roster was a huge sigh of relief for us. And we're both settling into Vegas. I feel like I'm actually starting to get a routine down of like waking up and going and walking the dogs and like getting work done here. I did something that's like people wouldn't really uh, signify as like nesting. I bought an elliptical. (laughs) When some people learn that they're going to be living in a certain place for an extended period of time, they might, I don't know, change their Amazon address or they might you know, tell people the address or they might buy, I don't know, a pillow or two or pots or pans or whatever. No, I bought an elliptical and that is like the thing to signify like, Ooh, I'm going to make this place a home. Um, which I find so funny, but some of the things that we are going to have here in our home in Vegas, we have to get a moving truck for, which we kind of didn't really plan for, but now looking at all the things that you need for a newborn baby, like a bassinet, like bottle sterilizer, swaddles, her clothes, and just all of those types of things, there's just no way we could have fit that in two cars. So we've decided to get a small moving truck and we'll bring that from Vegas to Texas when we move. That's kind of like a sigh of relief too, because knowing that like some of the stuff that I buy here, it's not really a waste of money because we can bring it to Texas. So Isaac is also settling into being a Raider officially. He is loving the Raiders. And for me, that's all I could really ask for because when you're just like placed on a team, people forget that like it's, you got to make connections. You have to make friends. And he said like, this is like the favorite team he's ever been on. Like him and the D line are so close. They have dinners every week and I'm starting to get along with some of the girls and like make friends and make plans outside of just hanging out on game days. And that's another sense of like feeling like you belong. Whereas in on practice squad, it doesn't always feel that way. And it 
it varies team to team for sure. It doesn't even vary team to team. It more so varies like person to person. Some girls in the NFL look down on practice squad players and their wives as in like, you don't really belong here. Like you're not really on the team, which I've experienced, but I did not experience here in Vegas whatsoever. So there was really no difference from my husband signing to the 53 man roster from practice squad because the girls here are all so nice. And it's such a relief to feel that, but we're both settling in and we have two more months until our baby is here. Uh, This is my last month of travel. I'm planning to go to the Bears Raiders game and also the Lions Raiders game, which I'm from Michigan. So that'll be like my last hurrah. And I'm actually gonna have my baby shower in Michigan while that's happening. So that is kind of an update for me and Isaac and our daughter, which is crazy to say. Moving on to a little bit more generalized what's happening in the NFL. It is almost a fourth of the way through the NFL season. And we are going into our fifth game now. So all teams are kind of becoming acclimated. They're learning what players are working, what players aren't working. And I don't mean working like quite literally. I'm like, everybody has to go to work or else you're going to get fined. But like, they're kind of just like becoming more comfortable and like, oh, like this player is great at this. And just being more comfortable like in meeting rooms and yada, yada, yada. So at this point, we're almost a fourth of the way through the NFL season. There's only 17 games in an NFL season, and we're heading into week five. Teams are starting to show their true colors. Like, okay, are these teams good? Are these teams bad? You have your undefeated teams and your defeated teams who have not won one game. I think there's only one or two teams that have not won at least one game. But you can kind of start to see what teams are probably going to go to playoffs and what teams are probably not. It's probably just a rebuild year for them. You have to look at it as the AFC and the NFC. There are two different conferences. And then in those two conferences, they each are divided upon four different divisions. So you have like the AFC East, West, North, South, and then you have the NFC East, West, North, and South. And that would make up your 32 NFL teams. So you can kind of look at the leaders in the AFC and the leaders in the NFC. Because I don't know it off the back of my head, we are going to pull up the information. Um, I wish I had that memorized, but I actually don't because I have not enough space in my head for that right now. The reason that each conference matters is because if you are leading the AFC, but you're lose like but you're not as good in the NFC, it doesn't really matter because playoffs are divided in the AFC and the NFC. So in Super Bowl, it's not possible for like the Bills and the Dolphins to play against each other in the Super Bowl because they are both in the same conference. Whereas in like the Bills can play the Eagles in the Super Bowl because they're in different conferences. I feel like I should make a whole like episode on the difference between the AFC and the NFC, but just to name a few teams in the AFC that are doing exceptionally well, we have the Bills, the Dolphins, Chiefs, Ravens, and unfortunately the AFC South isn't looking too hot right now. They're all, they're all at two and two. So we're going to skip past them and head over to the NFC. In the NFC, we have the Eagles who are undefeated, the 49ers who are undefeated, and then the Lions are doing really well and the Bucks are also doing really well. Some teams that have no wins up until this point are the Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears, and then, oh, no, 
that's it. Those are the only teams that do not have wins. And those two teams are both in the same, no, they're not in the same division. They're in the same conference. Not looking too good over in the NFC with those two defeated teams, but they also have the two undefeated teams. I mentioned the Miami Dolphins a little bit earlier because they are doing exceptionally well. They had their first loss today and it was against the Bills, which unfortunately they are in the same division in the same conference. When I say the same division, you just assume that they're in the same conference. So I shouldn't have to say that, but I'm just clarifying it so you guys know. Another team that is not doing so hot are the Denver Broncos and the Broncos in fact did beat the Bears today so they have one win on the season but you have to look at a team like the Denver Broncos and you're like okay is it the quarterback like what's going on they have Russell Wilson which he has played quite a bit in his career like it is not his first four years in the NFL he is a reputable quarterback but you have to look at Russell Wilson as how much is he eating up the cap space for the Denver Broncos and the reason I bring that up is because if he's eating up a ton of the cap space it's really hard to to pay other notable players to come and play for your team so it's not looking too rough but we'll see how things evolve for both the Broncos and the Bears Um, and also the Carolina Panthers. So that is what's happening in and around the NFL. We will continue to see how things unfold, and I'm looking forward to it. Unfortunately, the Raiders aren't playing so hot, but I think that they're finding their groove, um, especially with a new quarterback. Things are changing, and then unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo, I always get messed up on his name, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy. I'm just going to call him Jimmy, the quarterback for the Raiders. He um, unfortunately suffered a concussion. So we had our rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, play, who is an incredible player. Um, But it definitely takes some getting used to and like some snaps to get acclimated into a real season game. So looking forward to what's about to come in the next few games for the NFL in general. And that will guide us into position of the week. So If you've listened to all of the episodes leading up to now, I have covered positions in general, like offense versus defense. And what is the difference? I covered offense in general and then defense in general. And today, instead of diving straight into a position, I'm missing a key, very, very key important group of players, and that is special teams. So you have three specialists on an NFL team, and that is your punter, your kicker, and your long snapper. And I'm going to dive into what those players do because they play a very important role. And I don't feel like I could cover them in a future episode. Like I can give you guys a quick synopsis and it'll last you throughout the football season. Like it'll make you more aware. Um, I also talked about what an NFL down is last week. So if you haven't listened to that, highly recommend it. An NFL down is basically the whole premise of why people are playing football. It guides the game. It's like the whole, what, what is the word I'm looking for? It's the structure of a football game. So if you don't know what an NFL down is, go and w- listen to that episode. Or you can have a, head over to the Instagram because I did a clip there. What I didn't mention, on your fourth down, so you've tried three times to go 10 yards. If on your fourth down, you're not one or two yards away from getting a first down, what you will do is you will punt the ball. 
And so a punter is one of those positions that is a specialty position. A punter will punt the ball whenever there is a change in possession or there is a turnover in the play. So you're going from the Raiders having the ball to the Chargers having the ball. So you do that on a fourth down because you might not think that you're going to get those extra few yards. And if you don't punt the ball on the fourth down, then If you don't get that first down, the ball turns over no matter what. There are no fifth downs in the NFL. So punting the ball is actually super useful because you want to get to a better position so that their offense is further away from getting a touchdown. Um, And it just, it, it's a really important part of the game. So that is what would happen on a fourth down. So essentially the punter is only there when you're changing possession of the football. And that is usually on the fourth down. Um, And then you also have kickoff and kickoff. Sometimes punters can do kickoff, but usually it is a kicker to do kickoff. So what is the difference between a punter and a kicker? A kicker is there to score points. A punter is never technically scoring points. So the kicker, it is a player that if you have a touchdown, you go for, you go to kick another point. That is the kicker. If you do kickoff, that is also the kicker. So that is what a kicker is in charge of. The punter is only change of possession and the kicker is trying to get points, but a kicker does do kickoff because it would just be a lot on a punter's leg to do kickoff and punting. A kicker can score points in two ways. One, after your team scores a touchdown, you go to kick an extra point. That would be the first time a kicker comes out to score a point or on a fourth down instead of the punter coming out and kicking the ball and turning it over, the kicker will come out if you're close enough to the field goal and kick for three points. The only time a kicker will come out instead of the punter on the fourth down is when you're within, I would say probably 55 to 60 yards. It depends on a team's kicker and how confident they are in scoring those points. And then you have the long snapper. So the long snapper is, it's crazy because it is a very specialty position. It is basically the player who goes, all right, hut, and like hikes the ball and they hike it super far because it has to go all the way back to the person who is holding the ball. And the person who is holding the ball is usually um, the punter or the backup quarterback. And the reason for that is because they are used to getting the ball from a snapper So long snapper is a person who could hold their job in the NFL for a very long time because if you find a quality, like reliable long snapper, that is something to be proud of and that's something to keep around. So there you have it. Those are your three specialists on an NFL team. And the penalties are different for these specialists because they are, as you would say, defenseless. If you see somebody tackling a punter after he punts the ball, that is going to be roughing the kicker. And it's a huge penalty because that will set you back almost 15 yards in most cases. The players you do not want to fuck with when you're going to tackle them are the quarterback, the punter, and the kicker. Do not fuck with them. Another thing to mention is that they also have a huge difference in their practices. So most people, when you think of a punter or a kicker, would think, oh, like they are probably kicking every single day, multiple times a day. No, that is not actually happening. There are days where they do not kick at all. And Isaac let me know that there's actually a machine to take that place so that these other players can still practice like there's a kick happening, but it's not actually happening. So they take breaks. Isaac said he sits in like six hours of meeting 
meetings a day. And if you're a specialist, you only have to sit in like one to two hours, sometimes more, but it's definitely a very different dynamic being a kicker or a punter or a long snapper. Another fun fact to mention about kickers is who do you think is leading the NFL in scoring points? Because when Isaac asked me, I was like, oh, for sure, like Tom Brady or like a quarterback, maybe a wide receiver or running back. No, it is a kicker. Vinatieri, he played for the Colts. He played almost as many years as Tom Brady. He played one less season than Tom Brady is the highest leading scorer in the NFL. Scorer, is that a word? It's going to be a word for this episode. So he has scored the most points in the NFL in history. And the unique thing is that you would think if you're the leading scorer in the NFL that you would make a ton and ton of money. Let's break it down by this. Tom Brady made $330 million. And in one last season, I'm going to say for argument's sake, they've basically played the amount of the same amount of seasons. Adam Vinatieri made $50 million. So $330 million versus $50 million. And you're thinking like, well, why? And it's just the name of the game. Like, it's just the NFL. He got paid a lot less and scored a lot more than Tom Brady. I always find facts like that so interesting because I'm like, why are they not getting paid like equal or similar? But at the end of the day, a quarterback is seen as a lot more of an important position because, you know, it is um, a quarterback is responsible for your entire offense, whereas a kicker is you know, meant to be stable and kick the ball and get the extra points. Um, But yeah. (laughs) My titties are itchy. (laughs) All right. Okay. So all in all, that is what special teams is in the NFL. They are super crucial to a team because they're responsible for scoring. I mean, look at Vinatieri. He is the leading scorer in the NFL. They are important because they place the ball on a certain yard line. That's your punter. Like, he is changing the position, and wherever the ball is placed, your other team is going to catch the ball and start running, or they're going to catch the ball, put their knee down, and it's going to go to the 25-yard line. So it's very important because he's basically deciding where the ball is going to be. Your kicker, because they're scoring points in two ways. One, in a field goal. Well, they're both field goals, but one, in getting an extra point after a touchdown, and two, in getting an extra three points if you're going on the fourth down. Uh, And then you have your long snapper, who has to be on point at all times because the long snapper is snapping the ball back to the punter or the holder. And if he is not actually perfect, it could really fuck up um, the whole play because if the player who catches the ball is then tackled, it's an automatic turnover because that was your fourth down. So all in all, special teams is super important. Unfortunately, they are not the highest paid players on the team, but they can be the most stable. I mean, some of these players go on to play 10, 20 years in the NFL and they're super important. Now leading into my favorite thing to talk about, and that is the NFL schedule. So today for the topic of the podcast, aside from the other few sectors of this podcast, today the topic for the podcast is the NFL schedule. What does a year in the NFL look like? 
So an NFL season doesn't technically begin until an NFL season ends. The first thing to happen in an NFL season are OTAs, which happen in April. During OTAs, you have the NFL draft, you have uh, mandatory mini rookie camp, you have mandatory veteran rookie camp, and then you have a break. And then after the break, it dives into training camp, which is the preseason games. After training camp and the preseason games, you then have NFL cuts, which we all know what those are. After NFL cuts, it leads directly into the NFL season, which continues on into NFL playoffs. And then you have the Super Bowl and then the season ends and the other season begins. So that is the never ending cycle of the NFL. We're going to talk a little bit about these different phases, and I'm going to try and do it very briefly because there's a lot to each individual one, but I'm going to give you a synopsis, and if this podcast continues to talk about football in the offseason, I'll be sure to touch on it more in depth, but I'll just kind of give you a background of what it looks like and why these different phases are important. So like I mentioned, OTAs is the first thing to happen in a new NFL season. What do OTAs stand for? I feel like I mentioned OTAs all the time, so this is something that you should know. OTAs stand for Organized Team Activities, which is kind of just like a very intense term for workouts. They're team workouts, summer workouts, summer camp, all those things are the same thing. And OTAs start officially in April. If you have a new coach, you start or your team can start the first Monday in April. If your team doesn't have a new coach, your team can't start until the third Monday in April. And the reason I think I they do the reason I think I do this, no, the reason I think that these teams do this is because these teams are like becoming acclimated with their new head coach. It's kind of like you're like starting off a season on like a few steps back and it's just something to like help you like get get up to speed with everything. Um, having a new head coach is a huge change for any organization because head coaches are basically the deciding factor in how they run day to day and what happens and the rules and like strictness. Um, but they set a tone in the facility. So they give teams with a new coach two weeks earlier to start OTAs. An interesting thing about OTAs is that OTAs are not mandatory. So technically you don't have to go to this training camp. Would you, why would you not go? If you're a great player, you are highly paid and you don't really think you need to go. Some players don't go, but Isaac said that usually there's like a 90% turnout for OTAs. At the end of the day, it's the NFL, which means not for long. Like, why would you not do everything in your power to try and make it onto the team, try and make connections with coaches, and just like leave a lasting impression? If I was a player, I would not miss one fucking practice of OTAs, okay? Fun fact, my husband has only missed one, in fact, and it was for college graduation. And the team actually flew Isaac out to Notre Dame to graduate and flew him back, which I thought was super generous. But OTAs can be very, very important because it's basically an opportunity for players to make a name for themselves, to create connections with coaches, especially if you're new to the team. Because if you're new to the team and a coach doesn't know anything about you, 
it's just a few weeks where you can be like, hey, this is the player I am. This is what I can do. There are a few player players that without OTAs, like you don't know where they would be. And a few players that have really made a name for themselves during this time. One player in particular, my husband played with him for four years in the NFL. He was undrafted, an undrafted free agent. So being an undrafted free agent, you already have to kind of prove yourself. But during OTAs, the coaches were like, holy shit, who, who is this player? And that is Austin Eckler. He plays for the Los Angeles Chargers. And I just thought that was something to note that like you can make a name for yourself during OTAs, but they are not mandatory. Being that they are not mandatory, my husband said that they used to be a lot stricter. And it's, it's like... They're not mandatory, but they're highly encouraged. And if an NFL team is like strongly encouraging something, you should probably do it, right? But I mentioned the CBA earlier in this episode, I believe. The CBA is a collective bargaining agreement and is basically like this NFL rule book that says what you can and can't do, how you can do it. It talks about salary, the increase in salary, practice squad. It has every single rule. I actually printed it out or I had my husband print it out. (laughs) shout out to Isaac and I put it in a binder and I've been reading it every single night um, just trying to learn more so that this podcast is as accurate as possible I'm getting off topic but the CBA was just renewed I think in 2020 it was a new CBA and all these players are able to like negotiate new things and like set forth new rules yada 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 well Isaac said that before this new CBA OTAs were a lot more like mandatory in a certain way than they are now. Whereas in now, if let's say like I gave birth while Isaac was in OTAs, it would be a lot more flexible for him to be like, hey, I'm missing a full week of these training camp practices. Whereas in he wouldn't be able to do that during the NFL season. So like they are mandatory, but they're not really mandatory. They're not mandatory. They're just strongly encouraged. During OTAs, you have the NFL draft, which if you don't know anything about football, you probably know of the NFL draft. Um, There's seven rounds and each NFL team gets to draft specific players from college. And that happens while OTAs are happening. After the NFL draft, these players that are drafted or undrafted free agents go right into mini rookie camp. And this is mandatory. You cannot miss mini rookie camp. There are only two things that are mandatory during the NFL offseason, and that is mini rookie camp and mini veteran camp. And both of these things are happen right around the time of OTAs. So OTAs, like I said, starts in April and it lasts, I want to say, until like the beginning of June. And then these players have off. So these this is the time where players will like plan their wedding or uh try and conceive in a way that you would give birth in like June or July. It truly is a break and there is nothing during this time. Also, I do want to mention something about OTAs. OTAs, the players are paid. So I think it's between like $250 to $300 per day that these players are paid. And they, they do end up living in this city that they're playing in during this time. My husband actually did not go to OTAs last year because he was not on an NFL team. So we both stayed in California, whereas in the year prior, he was with the Browns and he signed 
to the Browns before OTA started. So he moved to Cleveland during this time. And we ended up doing long distance for two months because then you have this break and it's like, well, do you want to stay in Cleveland during that break? Or like, what do you want to do? So um, you do get paid and the players do live there during that time. Back to the break. During this NFL break is um, this this is like a time where it is the off season, but it really isn't the off season. If you're on a certain NFL team, you can go and train in the facility, but like there cannot be any coach led training. The strength and conditioning coach can't be. Well, I think actually that coach can be there, but like the offensive coach isn't like giving a, a player workouts during this time. This is also a time where players are like truly in their off season and they might be living in their off season homes, but I'll dive into off season homes right around the time we talk about like Super Bowl and everything, because when players move to their off season homes, it's, it kind of varies during this break, which is kind of a break, kind of not really a break because it's about a month and a half long and players are really prepping their bodies and like upping their workouts and like doing field work. Because right around the corner is NFL training camp. So NFL training camp starts 48 days. I looked this up in the CBA. It starts 48 days before the first regular season game. So this is about a month and a half where all players report to training camp. And they live in the hotel and they're like grueling practices. This is usually the time where a a team will have open practices and fans get to go and yada, yada, yada. So you have NFL training camp. During this time, that's when all the preseason games are happening. There are three preseason games. After NFL training camp are NFL cuts. I'm kind of sad that I didn't start this podcast until after cut day because I really would have loved to dive into NFL cut day because we've had two very unfortunate experiences during NFL cut day. But with my husband being in the year in in year seven, I guess you would say like only two bad cut days is actually not that bad statistically. So You have about three or four day break between NFL training camp and the regular season. And it's not really a break. It's more so just like, so guys can like heal up. So cuts can happen. All the coaches are in the facility making these hard decisions, yada, yada, yada. And then starts regular NFL season. During NFL season, you only get one week off of football in the entire 17 weeks. And that is called your NFL bye week. Unfortunately for me and Isaac, the NFL bye week is two weeks before my due date. So it's not quite enough for me to be induced at that point, but it it is going to give us a little bit of a breath of fresh air before we have a newborn baby dictating our lives. There are 17 games in a season and you have one week technically off and you do not get off holidays. You do not get off any other days except for your one off day a week. So to dive into what a typical week looks like in an NFL season, Monday is film. So players are watching the film from the game the day before. Tuesday is usually your NFL off day. It is the typical NFL off day on every NFL team, unless you have like a Thursday night football game or a Monday night football game or like something changes with that. Tuesday is, it's basically across the board with all NFL teams that Tuesday is your off day. So Monday is kind of like your Friday night. You get to go out, you get to party. I'm kidding. We don't do that. We do usually go out to like a nice dinner, but that's 
that's about the extent of our crazy, our crazy Friday, aka Monday nights. Tuesday is your off day. Players like do not go into the facility unless they have like a workout or something that they want to get out of the way. And then Wednesday and Thursday are the long days. Okay. And I'm talking about a regular week. You're not playing on a Monday or a Thursday. If you have a game on a Sunday, then Wednesday and Thursday are your long days. These are the days where my husband leaves the house at like 6 a.m. and doesn't come home until like 5 p.m. So like I said, very, very long days. I kind of just don't expect to see him on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And these are the days that like we order in food. I make sure to cook food here at home, but like I go and get the groceries before and I just kind of count him out for those days. Friday is a little bit of a shorter day. And that's because these players are either going to travel to an away game on Saturday. Some do travel on Friday. Or if you have a home game, it's just like a typical day. I would say it's anywhere from like 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. I'm not really sure what they do on Fridays, but I think they have like walkthroughs and they have a practice. Saturday, you're either going to your away game or it's you like have walkthroughs. And then Sunday is your game day. Saturday night, you stay at a hotel no matter what, no matter if it's home game, no matter if it's away game, these players stay at a hotel unless there's like a certain circumstance that you would not stay at the hotel that you've talked with your coach about. Sunday is game day, as we all know. And then Sunday night, which I'm actually recording this podcast on Sunday night, actually... I already said the word actually. (laughs) My husband is currently on a flight home from LA because he just played against the Chargers. Not a lot of people know this, but right after an NFL game, the team will go and they get to hang out with their families. And if they had anybody come to the game, they get like 15 to 30 minutes to say hi to their friends and family. And then they get on a bus where they're given food and drink and like a post-game meal. And this bus drives directly to the airport and they immediately fly out. No matter if the game was across the country or across in a different continent. My husband, when he played for the Chargers, they played in London. And right after the game in London, they flew back. It doesn't matter the time of day, how long the game was, yada, yada, yada. My husband has never stayed in the city he has played in right after the game for that night. So they immediately fly out on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. And then Monday, they usually let the let the players sleep in depending on like what time they get back from this away game. Or they just let them sleep in because they had a game the day before because they don't really start right away on Monday, no matter if they have a home game or, or an away game. And then it's it goes right back around. Monday you have film, Tuesday off day, blah, blah, blah. So that is the week schedule for after these 17 games, it then leads into playoffs. And I'm not going to get too much into playoffs because when playoffs come, we can talk about it. But you have like your wild card teams. And if you're not a wild card team and you you are going to playoffs, you get a week off, a week break in between the regular season and playoffs. And then you have these rounds of playoffs and that leads to the Super Bowl. And we all know what happens at the Super Bowl. After the Super Bowl, there I think is usually like one or two weeks that you're still on this NFL team. You are not off of an NFL team until everybody is off of their NFL team. And what I mean by that is uh, like last year, for example, my husband finished the season with the Las Vegas Raiders and they did not go to playoffs. My husband was not technically a free agent until the first week of March because they let all players off of their contract at the same time. 
And this is just to like even the playing field. Like a Super Bowl team is not worrying about what players they're going to sign because they're preparing for Super Bowl. Whereas in like the Las Vegas Raiders, because they were not in the playoffs, they were looking at other players already. So it allows teams who have gone into playoffs and gone to the Super Bowl to like evenly look at their roster and decide like what team, what players they want to sign, yada, yada, yada. So technically you're on an NFL season until everybody is off of their NFL season. So like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I talked about off-season homes and yada, yada, yada. If your team does not make it to playoffs, once the 17th game is done, you are officially done. You have nothing mandatory until the new NFL season starts. And that's about the time where if your team is not making it to playoffs, you would move back to your home. For the first four years my husband was in the NFL, we lived in Orange County year round because we did not have another home base. Once my husband signed with the Indianapolis Colts in year five, we moved full time to Indiana because he signed like a contract that we thought he was gonna be there maybe for a few years. It was like a one year, two million, like 3 million with like different bonuses and like escalators and yada, yada, yada. So we moved to Indiana thinking like, oh, we might make this our home base. And then once he was a free agent again in year six, we decided to buy our off-season home. What is an off-season home pertaining to somebody who is in the NFL? An off-season home is a home that is there no matter what. So no matter what team my husband is on, we will always have our off-season home. The past two off-seasons we've spent in California and we ended up buying a home there. But this next upcoming off-season, we will be spending it in Texas and we will be trying out the off-season in Texas um, because we just bought a home there as well. The times that we live in our off-season home is from whenever my husband's NFL season is done, depending on if he goes to playoffs or not, up until OTAs. If he goes to OTAs and he's on a team during OTAs, he will move there for those two months. And then after those two months of OTAs, he will move back to the off-season home And then NFL training camp starts and I probably won't move out until the NFL season just in case there's a few moves here and there. You know, you never know. The NFL is unpredictable. So that is what an NFL offseason home is. A lot of people will be like, oh my God, that's a huge waste of money, yada, yada, yada. But moving like an a pod is upwards of four to six thousand dollars. If you think about moving all of your furniture and all of your things every single year, it gets super expensive. Whereas in owning a home, it it can create a sense of stability. It's where all of like our memorabilia and like our our baby photos are and all of those things. And it's like a stable home that we will create memories in. And when my husband retires from the NFL, we will move into our off-season home full-time and that will be our home base as it has been our base for the last few years. All in all, that is the NFL season. I hope I didn't bore you guys too much. It's just like a lot of me like fucking talking. Like it's a lot of words. It's a lot of like, okay, here's this and this is what that is. Um, But hope you guys find that somewhat interesting. If you guys have made it up until this point, send me a DM Um, I'm going to do a little giveaway. I'll send whoever sends me a DM on Instagram. I'll send you guys um, like five or $10 to Starbucks. I'll pay for you guys' coffee just because I really appreciate you making it to the end. I'm like bribing you guys. I'm like, stay to the end and I'll pay for your coffee. No, but um, I do really, really appreciate it. I hope you guys are liking these episodes and I do want your feedback. I want to know what you want to hear about 
what you don't want to hear about, questions you might have, and all of that because I can't create these episodes just for nobody. Like I want to know what you guys want to hear from me. An exciting announcement is that Isaac and I are going to be releasing a bonus episode maybe every every other week or every two weeks. I don't, I'm not really sure how often, but at least once a month. And these bonus episodes are going to be quick spitfire episodes. Like you ask a question, we give you the quick answer and it's not just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like (laughs) continuously talking. So it'll be um, both with me and Isaac, which I think you guys will really like a lot. Anyways, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Sunday Sports Club. If you guys aren't watching or if you guys aren't watching, um, well, this is available on YouTube. So if you want to watch, you can, but if you guys aren't following me on Instagram, be sure to head over there. I'm planning to do a giveaway here in a little bit. I'm also going to be doing some merch and, um, hopefully we can create a community on there where some of you guys can meet other girls or if you're a guy, I mean, you can meet girls there as well. I mean, that's a that's a green flag for you because she likes sports but anyways head over to sunday sports club podcast on instagram and with that being said i hope you enjoyed and i look forward to seeing you next monday